Hello and welcome back to the Gentlemen's Bureau, where we talk like this. We talk like real gentlemen here. This is NPR's Gentlemen's Bureau. No, but uh, really, it's episode 34, everybody. And it's great to have our good friend, Elaine, friend of the podcast, friend of, well, friend of everybody else here as well, not just the podcast, I guess. Uh, and we're going to be diving into a whole bunch of different things today, like we did last time. Uh, except today, I think we're going to skew it a little bit towards the um, the religious side, because Delane over here is a God-fearing man, and I want him to drop a little knowledge on all of us today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Delane, cue us up on what's been going on. Uh, so, I mean, since last time... I just really been working, you know, hanging out with the kids and just doing that kind of thing. Lately, I've been working 12 hours a day, so it's really hard for me to be as prepared as I wanted to be for this one. But I do want to kind of talk a little bit about the Book of Enoch today because I yeah. feel that it unveils some truths. Yeah. Um, and for some people that like might not know enough about it, like, so where does the Book of Enoch come from? Like, what's its origins? So, I mean, it's in Hebrew. We found uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls between 1986 and 1996. And in there, it was the most ancient writings of scripture. And the most complete book that we found at the time was the Book of Enoch. And the book of Enoch was written in Hebrew. And his name in the Hebrew is Shanach. So Enoch is the father of Methuselah. And Methuselah is the father of Noah. So there's his ties in the genetics. Because in the scriptures, when it's talking about this person begat this person, and they gave birth to these sons, and it goes on throughout the beginning of Genesis. It's tracing the bloodline to the first man, uh, Adam. And uh, I see. So yeah, that's Enoch like is act- we go through all the uh, religious texts, and you you can't you can't just refer to somebody as like Adam, right, or Steve, it's like Steve of the house of Bill, <laughs> son of Abraham Bill. Yeah, like titles were just so much more, you know, enthusiastic back then. Like now, like, oh, hi, I'm Jedediah Barnes. Like, before that, would be like, I'm Jedediah, son of Robert of the house Barnes. Bow before me, my might of blood. You know, you'd be like, we're coming back to that. Like, you know, get a bit more. Uh, I, I'll, I'll swing back to that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about introductions. Like dukes and duchess. <laughs> Actually, my name means from the Alder Grove. Because oh, it's okay. a French name. Ooh. I just figured you were a bar and you cut ham or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that in the Bible, like that the like name after name after name. Uh, I kept reading it, I was like, okay, this is gonna end soon. Turn the page. No, there's still more names. I'm like must be really important. So, oh, yeah. He's a very dope person. 
you know, the more names, the the higher your status is, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like how it's how honorable your line is. Like, yeah, I have to mention all these people because they're mentionable. And you're just a petty person who has no person to mention except, well, not even yourself. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, but to get back into it, uh, I mean, so, so what you're saying is the Vinod is uh, part of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it's the oldest part of the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? So, or is it like just the is because it's the oldest writings okay. of Scripture? The Book of Enoch existed before that. It was actually taught to the um, twelve disciples. And the Messiah actually preached from the book of Enoch. So this was considered scripture at a point. The Ethiopian Christian Bible contained the book of Enoch. And that's 800 years older than the King James Version. And I'd like to correct myself from the last episode. I called it the... I can't... Uh, I, Sepugate, but it's the Septuagint, which is the Greek... Bible, and it was Greeks who decided to remove the book of Enoch from Scripture because they didn't agree with it. They felt that there was things in it that they didn't feel was considered Scripture, but the definition laid out before the assembly or the church is um, but to be Scripture, it has come to pass. And the book of Enoch actually predicts the entire book of scripture. So that's why a lot of people feel that it should be considered scripture. That and Genesis chapter 6, I believe. And um, so in there, it talks about how Enoch lived to be 300 years old. And he begat Methuselah. And then he lived another 65 years. And then it doesn't say he died and gave up his soul like it does everyone else. It says that all loved him so much that he took him to walk with him in Shalmayu, which is the heavens. So all being a title for Yahuwah or God, but God is a title too it's not his name so you could call him elohim or alua or el shaddai or el shaddai el elohim i mean he has many titles adonai but his name in the scriptures is yahuwah so enoch didn't die he went to go live in heaven in Revelations, it talks about him being one of the judges at our judgment. So for me, I believe that his book is, well, three books that we know in existence. But depending on your belief, there's a rumor that there's 365 books. But during the destruction of other knowledge i guess i would refer they burned most of those scrolls or destroyed any tablets that contained knowledge they didn't want out there 
So that's when the Book of Enoch, found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, proved that this book was taught to the disciples. And it was taught that since after the days of Musha or Moses, that it was taught in those days. So that was part of the scripture. That is what people came to know, even what the Messiah would have taught. Um, in there, it also refers to God's name as Yahuwah in the Hebrew. Um, so there's a, a theory on that. When we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, the first word we found in the Paleo-Hebrew was Yahuda, which is Judah. Okay, and in the name, the character that represents the D, it is a, it means a doorway. So that doorway is what opened up the way to finding the Father's name again. Okay. Not to go like off topic, but you mentioned that Enoch lived for three hundred years, begot Methuselah, and then lived for another sixty-five. And then you mentioned that there's 365 books, that uh, some of which got burned. I wonder if that's somehow connected to our um, yearly cycle of 365 days. So actually, to go into that, um, the Book of Enoch unveils what they call the Enoch calendar. And in the Enoch calendar, it's 364 days over a period of 12 months. And it fits perfectly into... Uh, a four-month calendrical year. And even in the Book of Enoch, he goes into a description of the lunar cycles, the stars, the moon, and the sun. And he talks about the seasons and how the messengers or the angels control all of that. And it was after that that they had developed another calendar that they had to add a 13th month. And this was the Babylonian calendar before we adopted the Gregorian calendar. So according to the book of Enoch, technically, if you go by the feast days, which are the only thing that the father really cared about, he didn't give the months names and he didn't give days names. He didn't ask us to celebrate our birthday. He wasn't asking us to celebrate these other holidays or what I call holidays. Holidays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, I mean, they're adopted from other pagan cultures and they're adopted from Greek and, and all over ancient cultures. Yeah. And not to say that their beliefs were wrong or just in my faith they are. and what I'm taught. Yeah, they are. You know, that <laughs> it's not authentically Christian is what it it's is. It's not the way. Yeah, I, I see so, what you're saying. Because uh, the, the church days, had a lot of these holidays calendar. to cover up. Like, the church was making these holidays to cover up other, like, pagan holidays, right? And, like, we, we, we know yeah, that now. It's, it's really set in stone. Also to Western faith, I guess. <laughs> yeah, of course. And made, the church it has many easy. tactics. The church has many, many tactics. <laughs> so I mean, no, my... so, like, it was wild. They they even, like, went so far as to, like, shut down theaters. So, like, you couldn't, like, have a show that, like, had any kind of free expression or thought in it. 
And then what was really funny was the resurgence to bring back the theater happened in church basements, which is why there's still like a lot of theater companies that operate in church basements because the church realized that they could use the theater medium to their own advantage. And I'm like, ah, the church. Oh boy, the church. Exactly. They're clever. They're clever. It is. So it's not that I disagree with the churches out there or the word put out there. I go by the book, which is the word of our father. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not for us to listen to another man. And I would ask that anybody listening would go and read this themselves as well. Because you have to ask for discernment and understanding. A man can manipulate the words and turn it into what he wants. You know, that's what the book of Eli was about. He he didn't want the word to get out because he knew people would use that to control others. Is that what the movie Eli is about with Denzel Washington? Yes. So, um, he has the last version of the King James uh, Bible. In Braille. And, uh, yeah, so spoiler Whoa, alert. Oh, uh, oh sorry, yes. Blind. I'll put a 10 year old movie. So Gary Oldman wants it because he knows that he can control people's minds with it. And the world's falling apart and he's losing control over this Wild West type like Road Warriors future. And uh, he's like their dictator. And he wants to find this book. He knows there's someone who has it. But then he sends all these people to get it. And when he finally gets it, it's in Braille. (laughs) But the cool thing is, is that Denzel wanted to get to this island. And they document all literature of history. And he had the book memorized front to back. So he was able to tell them word for word the whole book, and they were able to save it. That's cool, man. It's they cool were they were documenting like, everything, right? Like yeah, they were everybody. somehow living in this um, kind of utopia it's society. Kind of like Island, almost. I think. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. If I remember, like I they were kind of isolated, like a pyramid yes. on an island or something. A pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was watching Ancient Aliens the other day. Here we go. And uh, they were talking about how there's a theory out there that actually Enoch built the Great Pyramid. I mean, he had 300 years. 300. Well, 365. Well, they're saying that the dates on how old it is is actually wrong. Right. The Sphinx, too. Yeah, and everybody, like... Oh, yeah. And and mainstream... Archaeologists, scientists are—they—they—they um, they, they sweep that under the rug because Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock have been working on this, trying to uncover it. Because you can see the stratification, the um, the water lines on the sinks, like it's water, and they're like, oh, it's just uh, you know weathering debris, like you know from from the wind and everything. It's like, nah, man. And so that's interesting that you said that. That's. Yeah, because we kind of went over this on the lab podcast. Um, the elite were going through uh, a lot of the old structures, and they were covering up evidence of the flood. But many cultures reported this, or the deluge, as many cultures called it. 
So that also referencing the firmament and the whole crack and it it just spilled out on the earth according to a lot of reports. And I'm not talking about scripture. I'm talking about more the ancient cultures who reported the floods when they saw it. And so back on that flood topic, with the dates being wrong, they think that this power source or whatever we we don't really understand what it is. We can't send robots into the smallest crevices of it. We just have a theory, or I guess there's a more popular theory, that it was basically like a factory to generate energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a huge chambers underneath, right, that I guess were used what was for like type? hydrogen, I think they said it was. Yeah, there was like a type of energy, or there was a type of like sediment or something. It, it was only it worked like a battery. Is basically what I got out of it. Yeah, it like channeled the energy. Yeah, and the, the uh, what's it called? The canal. The, uh, yeah. Fucking, I'm so stupid. And it, it was would like shoot it out into the air, but we don't know what it was going into. There. Like charging exactly. a spaceship or something? Yeah, Maybe. like triangulation of using the Earth uh, grid because the energy that goes on the Earth. So like I talked about in the last one too, about the Pythagorean theorem being applied to the Earth's globe. Each of the lines that the energies would carry on, there's megalithic structures built there. Right. So, I mean... There's evidence out there that there's a possibility these ancient cultures were able to sh share energy somehow. Because, I mean, if you go to Egypt and you look at the pyramids, they built the pyramids first and then they put the hieroglyphics and the art inside of it after. So, in order to do that, they have to have a light source. And there's no evidence of soot inside the pyramids yeah. from the torches but there mm -hmm. are hieroglyphics of them holding a thing that looks like a lotus holding a light bulb yeah i've seen that whoa it has a wire coming out of it yeah it's a long wire it's long and it goes straight into the chamber the battery right yeah, yeah. and then you go to the baghdad battery you know, that energy source they found in Baghdad, it's made out of like a orange <clears throat> and it's got these things inside of it that help it hold power and give power like a, a UPS, a universal power source. And these things are ancient. That's before we thought that these people had uh, that type of technology. Yeah. That's crazy. It's interesting. To, I love to think about like how much knowledge we've lost. Like it's so easy now to like keep and store knowledge, but I mean, without like an internet to like just put everything in a safe spot where like typically won't get lost. It's like how much knowledge have we lost throughout the eons about like how the world works, how people understand it, all that kind of stuff. It's like crazy, huge knowledge gaps. Like here's how I think about it. So, like, you know. <laughs> I don't want to say this because it's kind of going to sound mean, but like shit, shit that we learned in like grade school, right? Uh, division, mathematics, stuff like that. Like kids are actually failing in now, right? Why is that? 
technology. Okay, so so we are tech, like in a way losing the tools and knowledge of how to do that shit. I mean, there's books, right? There's stuff that's out there, but like that's kind of how I imagine that in, in a sense, you know? Yeah. So technically, we do have this knowledge. So Indiana Jones goes into the movie The Crystal Skulls. There's some truth to that. Technically, I mean, mythologically, it, there's the 13 Crystal Skulls. And this actually goes back to Chichen, who I talked about last time, who started the ancient alien theory, but Eric von Daniken is the one who merged all the cult the idea that all cultures that their gods were the same so chichen first suggested the idea that we were visited by some kind of otherworldly beings and with me being a, a person of faith i don't believe in aliens or and with my flat earth beliefs, I don't believe in planets being exactly what they say they are. So I'm not saying I don't believe in interdimensional beings or that there's the possibility that an alien in the text is the fallen ones, which are the messengers or the demons or the Nephilim. And the Nephilim are actually also known as the Anunnaki, which, according to Sumerian culture, which is one of the cultures that existed with Egypt simultaneously being the two oldest cultures that we know to this day. In Sumerian texts, they talk about the Anunnaki coming here, and they wanted to mine here for gold because it was in their atmosphere and they needed it to survive and it was depleting. So two brothers and their sister came and over time after discovering the gold, they decided to create a slave race. In Sumerian, they called them Adam. And that also means first man. So the Anunnaki, they were giants. And they existed here for a time. When they first came, they saw the gold and they thought, we have to mine this stuff, but I'm not going to do it. If you're not going to do it. And that's when they came together and decided, well, we're going to use what's here. And we're going to create something. And that's where their, their supposed slave race came from. It went through generations. In the beginning, they were what's called the Anki. And these are ape-like creatures that are kind of more like a Sasquatch. I believe they went through Same 10 or so many generations. I think it's 10 to 13 before they ended up creating us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember, like, yeah, I think it was on so, ancient So we all... Like the whole human race is owed reparations? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. For the aliens, yeah. What's up? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, what's I going to say? Sorry, I messed you up, Mike. Yeah, you, you do that. So, a lot, like, man. Fuck. so like, how you mentioned with them being like super tall, would that explain 
why there's so many like super tall statues in uh, Egypt like that like depicting them. Correct, and the megalithic structures. So there is a theory, you know, because when we came here, we were first immortal, and then coming to the Garden of Eden, or coming out of the Garden of Eden, forgive me, we started to know sin, and sin is what kills us. You know, that's what started to de-age us, because people used to live thousands of years, and as... Exactly. It says, it says like, oh, you lived to be fucking 600 years old. What? So, well, as time went on, we started to decrease in age, showing how much sin has saturated us. Because sin is what drains us of our lives. Okay. So just be nice people, everybody. <laughs> just be good. And you'll live Stop a sitting. long, healthy life. Yeah. Well, they say people, and I'm not... Okay, so I get it. There's people out there that turn people off to the faith because they preach that they're from the faith, but they don't live like they're from the faith. Mm, yeah, right. And you can't hate the faith for that. Those are people. And yeah. people, well, our bodies are made from sin. You know, we are a physical being that is existing in a sinful world. So that makes us uh, to be a sinner, I guess. The way that I, I, I don't know how to word it any other better way, but that's why we ask for the Messiah to enter into us. We ask for forgiveness because then that's what gives us the ability to change. You know, you're going to want to go with your flesh. Your flesh wants things, and you're going to want to give in. And I'm not just talking about sex. I mean, there's drugs, all these things that you know are kind of bad for you. You know, cigarettes, I smoke cigars. I'm not saying I'm perfect. That's the reason I believe is because I need help. Yeah. You know, I understand I need help. And... Uh, so the theory is that as we live longer, we were taller. And that's why these megalithic structures are so gigantic, why there's so many stairs that are larger than what a person would be. Right. Even like chairs and things. So as we decreased in our age through the generations, we began to get smaller. So like, <laughs> hold on. But technically, so this is something that is very controversial. There's a few topics that I felt really were, I kind of really struggle with how to bring it into the podcast. But the Book of Enoch, when it talks about Noah, it basically describes him with eyes of fire, lighter skinned, and white hair. So he's an albino black person. The Hebrew people were originally from the Fertile Crest. They are the so-called Africans. Okay, more than, I'd say it's over 
of Scripture had taken place in Africa. What I believe had happened, and there's evidence to prove that, which we could probably get into another podcast, but is that the actual scriptural places exist in Africa, not in the Middle East like you were to believe. And what I believe is the Greeks went in and destroyed those structures and built the fake structures in the Middle East so that no one would know where those places really were. Freaking Greeks. But what about like... like... So back to Noah, I guess, and what we're talking about. The the giants and things like that, the Nephilim or the Anunnaki. In there, it says that he had eyes of fire, light skin, white hair. And like you said, he's an albino. But it says it's as if he's one of the child of the Nephilim. Basically referring to the fact that the Nephilim were no longer just giants. They began to look like us. And I believe that anybody with lighter complexion skin, the lighter your hair, the lighter your eyes, the closer our connection to that messenger DNA. So when Hitler created eugenics, okay, and, you know, I might get a lot of hate for this, but there's something. Good having you on today. Uh, I guess uh, that was, hey, that's all the time we have for today. So, uh, no, go ahead. Like, yeah, I get. We talked about like so. We talked about like the history. Yeah. So hi- history is taught in a a way that only the winner teaches history. Right. Okay. Right. I just what I'm saying is with what Hitler. Maybe we don't know everything about him. I'm not saying that he was right in whatever happened. All I'm saying is that he was into the occult. He created the science of eugenics, which is tracing back our genetics and our genealogy. What he was saying about that with the Aryan race, okay, is that a person with lighter skin, lighter eyes, and lighter hair was a more superior advancement in our species, right? What I think he's talking about is that angel DNA. You know, I saw a study that they were saying people who were of Asian descent had this gene in them that was alien to this world and that they thought that they came from some kind of alien or otherworldly descendancy. Okay. That's where I'm going with this. Okay, Okay, because I think science and faith agree that all life began in the Fertile Crest, right? And in that place, everybody that came out of there was one color. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Like, we we all change slowly over time. Yeah, like, Uh, as we moved to different parts of the world, and, you know, we just didn't need that kind of... We need to absorb more of the vitamin D so our skin lightened. I mean, it's all speculation. In, okay, so just to touch on that, uh, like, Asians were, like, 
probably alien, like closer to aliens or something. Uh, what they found a long time ago, and they're still teaching this in China, even though it's it's inaccurate. But they found um, kind of like a, what's a good word to use, like missing link kind of uh, ape person, and they found this in China that was like uh, kind of not like any of the other uh, ones that they found in Africa. Eventually, with like testing, they found that it was. Uh, one of the same, or just like uh, maybe breeding differently, but the Chinese were using this to say like we're not even like other people of the world, like we're superior, we're this, we're that. They're doing that again, by the way, just to let you know how crazy that is. Well, they're also firing, they're also firing rockets off to space like irresponsibly, so that the freaking debris is going to crash down, possibly on inhabited areas. But I mean, hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's uh, China. They're too big to do what anybody else wants them to do. Tonight, they're supposed to, it's supposed to fall, right? The debris. Yeah, it's uh, at 11.30, it enters the atmosphere above the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, fucking yours. Like, how do you... First, you got the COVID coming from China. Then you got fucking rocks from the sky. Yeah, but they're also building the two false moons that uh, are what? supposed to Never create moons. life. See, this is what I'm talking about. I love having to live. Yeah, so... I love this shit. Well, yeah, the mission was part of a, a space station, right? It's, yeah, they're first they're going to put one up. It, it was supposed to be in 2022, but I, I don't know. COVID might have pushed all these de- deadlines yeah, back. I, I know that the U.S. is doing a lot of space stuff, so that might have rushed China along. Well, I got a theory, and it's going to back the lanes off flat earth. What if they tried to go into space, hit the firmament, and now it's coming back? <laughs> Just bounced off. It's coming back. Yeah, China doesn't get all the secrets that everybody else has, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's had this for, for a long time that the U.S. knew. They're like, yeah, we're not sending shit up there for real. Like, are you fucking kidding me? China's like, why well, you have to send? <laughs> now they're like, oh, shit. And then they're going to call the U.S. Hey, what's going on with the, the sky? You guys put a barrier there or what? <laughs> Just really bad at rockets. Fuck you, China. Bye. Oh. Quick, quick side note, I, 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 you guys know I love Elon Musk, and I always like to watch like funny videos people make. Um, and somebody chopped up videos of like Jeff Bezos, my former employer, talking about his Blue Origins like commercial, like send four people right up into like low Earth orbit so they can experience zero G and then come right back down. And they were compar- he was comparing that to SpaceX's like launching uh, a rocket into space and like retrieving the first booster. And like he's like, yeah, it's pretty much the same process. And they showed a diagram next door, like next to each other. And his just goes up and down, whereas his uh, SpaceX kind of like does like the, the gravity assist turn to enter orbit, and it's so much more complicated. And it's like, yeah, no, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I was just like, Jeff, Jeff who? <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so funny, dude. That's yeah. great. And he literally like no, says I, like I, the same type of shit that Elon says, and it's like, dude, stop copying him. Be your own person. Well, <laughs> before we get off of the whole China thing, you know, like with the satellites, they just. Um, they let those things crash into like rural parts of China, right? Yeah, dude. They don't give a fuck about their citizens man, at all. What are they going to do? They file a complaint with the government? What, well, they get locked up for life? Yeah, because they got the social credit system. Okay, I've yeah. heard of that. What is the social credit system? Because I've heard of it and it's, it doesn't make sense. Oh, it's it's really... like this is This is the way I think of it. Like, you're not allowed to be a bad person in China. Really? If you are... No. You're gonna have to pay a lot of money. 
Like, but that's it's not it just a bad sure. person. It's even speaking out against the government. So oh, this yeah. reporter, They're he said bad some person. bad things about politics there and politicians. The government made him issue a public apology. They refused his apology. Uh, apology. And they they now he can't leave the country. He can't ride public transportation. He can't rent an apartment. His daughter can't go to school. Just because his social credit is ruined. I don't think that shit would ever fly in the U.S. Well, Sweden so is many, trying it. There'd be so many homeless people. Because people would just be like, fuck you, government. You're going to tell me shit. And then they're just going to be like, well, you can't rent an apartment. You can't buy a house. You can't do this. You can't ride transportation. You can't, you can't buy groceries. You can't be there. They, like, take your fucking air away from you. They, like, total recall. <laughs> Yeah, um, like, um, yeah. what's the social balls. credit system? There's, I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> this is, there's, like, one really good Call it Mega Maid. <laughs> Let me Google it real quick so I have it correct. But, um... She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> I fucking oh, love that. I love baseball. Dude, anyway, Rick Moranis, he's a genius when it comes to comedy. <laughs> yeah. I see your sports is as big as mine. <laughs> yeah, but anything by, uh... <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yep, Mel Brooks and Rick Moranis. Saddles. <laughs> dude, I love Blazing Saddles, man. Oh, dude, there's so many good movies that, like, this generation has no idea about. Oh, dude, they Exactly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They're like, oh my god, Avengers is, like, the best. I'm like, it's a good action movie, but he's in Saddles. This is... This is the best top, like, um... It'd be spicy. This this guy is the best example of a social credit system I could find. Where it doesn't matter, like... If you're talking about against the government, or it's just like the government just doesn't really like this guy because he comes out against kung fu, like fake kung fu, because China's tied kung fu in to like their society as um, like culturally, this is China, this is you know everything, so it makes it more important and blah blah blah. So this fighter, he's an MMA fighter. He's he mad dog something. Su Sung Dong, something like that. Like I'm not good with fighting names. Mao Zedong. No, it's it's like Su Song Dong, something like that. I'm not good with Chinese names, fighting names. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, but this guy, he, okay. First of all, he was coming out against fake kung fu masters, people that are just scams, artists, all this shit, right? And he's like, I will. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Yeah. He's like, I'll fight any of these guys and I'll like wipe the floor with them and I'll prove that, you know, Kung Fu is not the best martial art in the world. And these guys are just scams. Like they're they're fake as shit. He proceeds to fight one guy, ends it in like ten seconds, beat the living shit out of this guy, by the way. Fucked his day up. And after that. He he does this. He does it to that guy. He does it to a couple other guys. Um, what ends up happening is the government's like, "Well, we don't like this. Take away like his ability to get an apartment, like you said earlier. Uh, he couldn't ride the train. He couldn't he he couldn't have a bank account. Like he can't have money. Like all these things because he's." promoting basically like western fighting is a little bit better i think he's even just talking about like 
ground and pound and all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, he, oh my God, it's it ridiculous. They messed his whole life up just because of this. Like, just because he caught, he, like one thing, he was like, oh, these scam artists, these fake people, you know, these people are taking advantage of Chinese people. I'm going to point that out. And then the government didn't like that. Right. Yeah, like why, the fact that the government stepped in makes it even shadier. No, that's 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 exactly what I'm gonna tune into. Like that that's okay, so well okay. So the government lets these fake people teach people how to fight, right? Okay, also who who can own a gun, uh, by the way, in China? Government. Right. Okay. Some so you so you teach the people how to fake fight, so they don't really know how to fucking fight, and you take away their guns. And look how China is. They're subservient to the government. Okay. So like, and then, and then the fact that they want to shut this guy up because he's actually teaching actual martial arts, how to def- really defend yourself, you know, maybe from a tyrannical government. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, um, so but, to go on what Mark was kind of talking about, martial arts are cultural. Okay. This is how people built their civilizations. This is their war tactics. So when Bruce Lee came out and wanted to teach sacred uh, cultures to other peoples, the Chinese government was like, what the hell are you doing? You can't do this. He actually had to fight for the uh, right. He just wanted to teach like non-Asian people in his dojo or something like that. And the, the fellow like masters or whatever you want to call them, uh, they were, they were like, that's, that's not what we do here. That's that's wrong. And then, well, it's right? the story of Wong Jack Man. He was a Shaolin monk who came here from China, and him and Bruce Lee had a sparring match. There was only his wife involved, uh, Linda Lee. There was one other witness from the Shaolin Temple, Linda Lee. There's videos you can find it. She talks about what happened. They made a whole movie, WWE films. It's all Hollywood. Okay, it's supposed to be the birth of the dragon, how Bruce Lee awoken. Now, what happened in that fight is that she said that Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man exchanged a few punches. He started to run. Bruce Lee chased him down, got him down to the ground, and he had him like this, and he's all, foo, foo which in Chinese means, do you submit? And he said he did. At that point, Bruce Lee won the right to train anybody he wanted to. Okay, so Bruce Lee first came to America, and he wanted to teach Kung Fu. It was his Chinese street fighting. From there, that was the birth of Jeet Kune Do. Now, I practice in Kung Fu, and Taekwondo, I studied Jeet Kune Do, and I studied the book of ninjutsu from uh, Stephen P. Hayes. He took on the ninjutsu clan from the last uh, living master. And um, so where I went to Taekwondo was under Grandmaster Cho. He learned Taekwondo from the guy who developed Taekwondo. I, when I went to the Shaolin school, it was here in Denver. They've moved their location. It used to be on 38th and Tennyson. They were the first two white people allowed to train in Shaolin Temple, 
which was a big deal considering that the Chinese didn't like to share, or any Asian country for that matter, didn't want to share their knowledge. And these people entered into the school in the 70s. So what I learned, the reason why I did that is because of Bruce Lee. And it's why I got this tattoo on my arm. And it says, absorb what is useful, disregard what is not, and use what is uniquely your own. Now, when you learn in fighting, what Bruce Lee disagreed about it is he felt that it became more like a dance. And you weren't actually getting involved into the art of fighting. Because in real fighting, there are no rules. This isn't going to be set up like a sparring match. Hey, you can't kick in the back of the head. You can't use elbows. You can't use your knees. You can't grapple that guy when he's on the ropes. Yeah. So he's bringing it back to what fighting is all about, right? It's, it's training you to seriously injure or kill another human being to defend your life or others. And I feel that, like Lane's kind of talking about, when you put people into these schools and you train them in the same mindset, then they are only stuck in that mindset. They can't evolve from that. You know, and no one is going to be the best at anything. There's always going to be someone better. And that's what Bruce Lee's whole point was. There's always going to be someone faster. There's always going to be someone stronger. Always someone smarter. That's why you use what's useful to you. Just regard what isn't. And use what's uniquely your own because each person has their own specific talents. Right? And this is how you become the best that you can be. Right? What he also disagreed with a lot of martial arts is in animal martial arts. So what may work for a tiger, you may say that works for us, but you're not a tiger. Why limit your movements to that of a tiger or a crane or a mantis or a dragon? You're a human. Use your body to its full extent. But it, it sounds you know, really cool, and then, uh, That's what it is. Awesome. <laughs> that's what and it is. Let's be honest. Quote of like um, his quote of like be like water. That was always that always spoke to me as like be like water because water's soft if you come at it soft, but if you come at it hard, it's hard, and it's just like it's highly adaptable. It it finds the passive path of least resistance. It's it's vital. It's the essence of life. It's it's ethereal, you know. So I've always liked that quote, like be like water, my friend. And I just love that. And he, he's so serious when he talks because he's. He's a serious dude, and he, he really believes what he talks about. And man, Bruce Lee was one of the best of us, honestly. My dad's always yeah, idolized Bruce yeah. Lee. Like my brother's middle name is Lee for Bruce Lee, and and his son Brandon Lee, which is my brother's first name. So Brandon Lee. Oh, nice. He loves the crow. We all hate that fucking Brandon Lee died during the crow because that could have been like a really cool couple of movies, and it just kind of got unfortunate, man. Well, he actually died from a prop accident. Right. Uh, you know, they left the chunks of the rubber bullet inside the gun, and he didn't clean it out properly. And they said that is actually more dangerous than getting shot by the bullet. It got lodged in his spine, 
and he was hemorrhaging faster than they could give him blood, and that's what ended up killing him because they couldn't find it. It looks rubber. It doesn't really show up on like x-rays and stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's tragedy, man. It's freaking uh, like such tragic when we, lose, so, when we lose an actor like during filming. It's like the worst thing ever. Oh, like, like uh, the Black Panther. <clears throat> yeah, or Heath Ledger. Man, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to you soon. I never appreciated Paul Walker until he died. Like I did, I did, but I was like, not until he died did I really appreciate. Honestly, I. I don't think he would have liked to see how crazy they're getting. You know? Yeah, I think they should have fucking ended it. But, you know, they're going to milk that. It's just like Disney. Like, they're going to milk every fucking thing they can to, for revenue. Same thing with I've seen. As long as Vin Diesel's there, they have a fucking movie. It was, it was Vin the... Diesel and Paul Walker. Right? And oh, yeah. Um, who goes there to look at uh, Ludacris or whoever that guy is? Okay, yeah, but now they're making it about John Cena and The Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had to put more icons in there, A-list celebrities, mm-hmm. so that way they can, you know, someone else. You know, if we happen to kill off Ben in a vehicle accident, we can still got to do it. Well, you know, like, I don't Money. Money. Those things make so much money. And... They're made for, like, teenage boys who want fast cars, explosions, and all that. Like, they stopped making them good, what, like, by number five? <laughs> Which is insane to say, but, yeah, like. What are they, what are they at now, like, ten? Nine. Number nine. Jesus. I've only seen the first one. <laughs> and Han is back. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we all saw him die in like the second movie, but now all of a sudden he's back. Spoiler alert, Dylan. He said he only saw the first one, and Jed's over here just. I'm sure, uh, Dylan. You enjoy you're gonna me. fall in love with Han, and then you're gonna. <laughs> and then oh, and then he's gonna be back. So the nice thing is, they shoot him out of order. So even though he dies in the second movie, he's still alive in like three, four, and five. Oh right? yeah, because two is so far forward. I guess. Thanks. But like, no sense. You think they'd have uh, futuristic cars? It's only it's not that. It's only like a few years. Wasn't the second one Tokyo Drift? Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the third one. Tokyo Drift came out before Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, the second one had Tyrese in it. I saw that one too. Yeah, that's oh, Too Fast, Too Furious. It actually came out third, and it's like it's the second one in the movie chronologically, and then right. Too Fast. Okay. I mean, uh, Tokyo Drift is end up ends up at like five or six. Chronologically, it's weird how they did it, but whatever. I don't know. Make, it, it makes me want to go to Tokyo and drift, but then I'm like, right. I've been to Tokyo. There's no way you could do that. No place to drift around here. Uh, there's a... Oh my gosh. There's, there's <laughs> private tracks where people buy cars and go like drifting all over the place. Uh... In There's places mainland. in the U.S. you can go, and they're like, teach you how to drift. Uh, awesome. Yeah, see, it's like that. And uh, because of that movie, it's so huge, I think. Like, it's just, there's tons of people there. I'm not going to say I know anybody, but I know do. of some some stuff where, uh, like, not too far from my house, 
where it's a big industrial area. So it's all like factories that are closed at night. Huge roads because they have a lot of semis going like around or whatever. So they they go down there, like the racers and the drifters and everything go down to that area. And there's videos upon videos upon videos all over the internet of it. They're just like drifting, doing burnouts, racing each other. Dude, when we come out to visit you, we have to check out the uh, underground racing scene in Okinawa. I'm sure that's going to be awesome. <laughs> it would we have be to get, like, exclusive. We have to get some like exclusive reports from people inside. We'll like blow their faces and stuff, and be like, "So how did you get into the underground racing scene in Okinawa?" You know, the crazy thing is, it's not it's not just Japanese people. Actually, it's military guys is a big part of it too. Uh, so I, I it's that. like one thing that they can like connect on. <laughs> I was like, nice bringing bringing people Double together. Fast. Nice, yes. <laughs> it's very strange but it's it's really cool uh, and then like you they're see about it the Yakuza and they're gonna fucking kill us <laughs> like, why are you filming they're gonna be like oh, you come here we fuck you up <laughs> hang us Jeez. in the fucking street there's a lot of skylines here that's what you're gonna say yeah um, hey, instantly flip the camera back to your own face, like, yeah, so what's up, I'm here in Okinawa? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, Jed, Jed will vlog it. <laughs> I'll vlog cool. it, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to get home and vlog uh, my trip to Denver. It's going to be it's gonna be an awesome video. Great scenes on the right. mountains, some great videos of the skyline. It's cool stuff, man. Yeah, he, he keeps forgetting to record sometimes. Well, yeah, like, so when we were playing mini golf, I wanted to record, but I mean, I had so much stuff in my hands because I was carrying my two cranberry juices, Lane's water. I had a brownie in my pocket. I'm carrying my golf club. It was just, I had so much in my hands. It was, like, <laughs> it was a lot of Jeez. It was and, and Lane's, Lane's sitting over there, nothing in his hands. He's like, oh, yeah, what did you record, hand. man? I had, he had a beer in his hand. I had a beer in a golf club. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold this. <laughs> <laughs> my water bottle. But, I love it. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we got off topic a little bit. Oh, definitely. Um, we did. That, but that uh, was a good. That's, that's the beauty of it, right? Look at me now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, how are you like in the Colorado vibe? Yeah. I like it. I just wish like I had more time to like really explore and like go up into the mountains and and get some like I don't know. Like, I feel like I've I've had a very limited experience in Denver. But it's been a, a totally good experience like the whole time. So I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of sad now. In Denver, you know, I just drove down there the other day, and it's super dirty, you know, and with all the stuff going on with the homeless and yeah, and people losing their jobs, and you know, the whole COVID thing, it just made it. I don't know. When I was in Dallas a few years ago, there's a really bad homeless population. And I'm not saying that like in a mean way. I, what I'm saying is that represents what's going on in our culture and our civilization. When you have that many people crowded in the cities, you know, and they're trying to be there because that's where it's supposed to be busting and everything. You know, people are supposed to be there working, hustling, doing everything. So these people flock to those areas. But it's gotten so bad that if you go to Denver or Dallas, they don't let you use the bathroom anywhere. You're better off going in an alley than you are trying to ask them if I can have the code for the bathroom. 
right. Well, you can do it at Starbucks, right? Yeah, they had that big. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of speaks to like how we view people. Like, oh, as long as you have money to pay for all this stuff, you have value to the community. But as soon as you don't, we're going to toss you out on the street, like yesterday's trash. And it's it's sad because even though that's you know it's a human resource and we need that, and I think I think there's like a lot of stuff that people would more than happily like take the job. It's just like the criteria is so stringent and like it's so hard for like felon felons to get a job in, in America. And like there's some seriously stupid felonies. Like like especially in, like states like Denver. Like I'm pretty sure there's probably still people in Denver that got felonies that got You know what? You're right. And that gets me all the time with Chicago and Illinois. And people calling it the wrong thing. I'm sorry. I should, I'd be better about that. I gotta be better about that. I can't be a hypocrite. Right? It's a Illinois. You mean the criminal state of Chicago? But, um, but no, so like, states like Denver, I'm sure there's still people here that have felonies from weed possession. And that's ridiculous. Like, we have these people that have been in jail for like 30 plus years on, on weed possession. And it's like, really? They're they're shooting a, a plant? And we want to make them a felon? Brand them for life as somebody that will have a hard time getting a job, having a hard time getting a place to live? And it's like, it's terrible what we're doing to some people. And it's... it's well, he had, he had 30 pounds in his van. Still, imagine, imagine Still. like you get sentenced right in Denver, and then the very next week, fuck, the very next day, they decide, all right, the past legislation is legal. That's when you get mad at your lawyer for not trying to like appeal it back because he should have. They should have been. They should have had like heard worse things about that. And they're like, we need to appeal this court case until what? this is legal. What happens to the people that like? That are still in jail already? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. they sit there. There's no grandfather. I mean, well, I guess it's grandfather. Well, it gets decriminalized, but, you know, it's like in the movie Blow, when you have so many amounts of pounds or kilos, and you're bringing them across an imaginary state line, but that state line is, uh, that's a government line of sanctioned territory. Right, and you cross these lines and you avoid tax evasion. That's where they get you the most on the drug charges. It's more about your tax evasion. That's why it's harder charges because of the war on drugs and Ronald Reagan that people who have committed sexual assault or raped someone or molested children, they get off on lighter sentences than a person who has severe drug charges. Because it doesn't impact the government and their revenue stream. Exactly. Unless they're the ones supplying the drugs. Which most of the time they are. I mean, all the channels are open by them. Iran, Contra. (laughs) You ever heard of that? Uh, I mean, that's what they did back in the day, like, you know, the, the golden age of the war on drugs, that they flooded poor communities with crack and heroin. And let the problem create itself, you know? Reagan administration. Yeah. Yeah. And they put out propaganda like Reefer Madness that say they would totally make you a killer and, and it's crazy. And they made it more like meth. Yeah. I think the did poster you, uh, even says the crazy pill that kills. <laughs> did you uh did you see you brought up the whole fact of the guy from Blow. Uh did you see he actually oh, passed yeah, away? He did, I saw that. Uh, oh, man. George, George Young. George Young. But now he was old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 89. 
He, 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 was, he got up there. I think he was 78. He, he was released, right? And yeah, he had been released a, for a while. Someone did an interview with him, and I listened to it. And it was fucking awesome. The shit that he was saying, like, that guy lived a hell of a life. And he, he you know, he got out, right? And it, he seemed very happy, like, to be out. And, like, because he was in for so long, and he's like, you know, I got out, and it was total different world. It was almost like Shawshank Redemption when what's his face goes gets out red or not red. Uh the old guy, the librarian. Yeah, he's been oh, in for yeah, like yeah. he's been in for like seventy some years or something like that. Like like fifty years or something. Red, right? No, Red was the Morgan Freeman. The other guy was Yeah, uh, that's in uh Shawshank. The guy that he was in uh jail with was Diego, Brooks. wasn't it? Brooks. Okay, you're talking we're talking about a different movie, Dylan. You're talking yeah, it was Diego. That that's uh blow. You're talking about yeah. the movie Blow. So we're talking okay. about uh, Shawshank, yeah, the Shawshank Brooks. The old guy that got out and he's got to get out. So yeah, the car yeah. drives by and he like freaks out. Yeah, because they Remember? all look at him. He's like, "Oh, everyone got themselves in such a big hurry." That's what he says. When yeah, he gets yeah. Out. yeah, and he did. Yeah, he's like, "Everybody just got themselves in such a big hurry." He's like, "I can't do this anymore." Writes his fucking name on the thing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, spoiler. Alert. Shawshank Redemption. If you haven't seen it, sorry, dude. It's like old. Great movie. Great yeah, movie. Go watch it. But yeah, back to uh, fucking the other movie we were talking about. Blow. 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 Yeah, he, he, so he, the real George Young got out and did a podcast and it was fucking awesome. It was really good. I'm going to try to find it and send it to you guys. Um, you know, I'd listen to that. It was like a house. Yeah, it was just a one-on-one interview. So it was pretty cool. I was reading was he, some stuff. Uh, was he able to like him? reconnect with his daughter? Whenever he first came out. Yeah, that's out. what I was gonna say. Wow, that would be no. tricky. Yeah. So like you, you go in, thing. your daughter's like a little kid, and you come out and she's like an adult woman, probably married and has kids of her own. Like that's you know, world altering, paradigm shifting. Uh, Not to mention like all the technology change. Oh my god, I can't imagine. Because at the end of Blow, he you know, he he imagines his daughter, right? And then they're like, Hey, come on in, George. On in, and he's like, okay, fucking stumbles on in, but he like pictures his daughter there. It's so sad, fucking like sad ending, man. But great, fucking he man. definitely, he definitely wasn't like that whenever, whenever he got out, though. I mean, he was, he's cognitive. So right. they, yeah, they made it up. They, like yeah. they must have thought he was, he did so much drugs that that's exactly how he's gonna be. So let's just project that. Into I mean, Steven Tyler's still yeah. pretty there. Uh, Ozzy's kind of there still. Uh, no, he, the Rolling Stones guy, fucking. Nick Jagger. Jagger, dude. Jagger. That would be an example to use for someone who's done some serious story. He started his dad's ashes. Dude, like... All of them? No, it just, not he mixed, he mixed it in with Blow, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck? And hey, hey Pops. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> what was it? Fucking, uh... I was, I was watching... One of those awesome, like behind the music, you know, kind of TV shows. They talked about how Steven Tyler and um, shit, Charlie, Mur- not Charlie Murphy. Uh, shit. No, the the singer that sings uh, Super Freak. Oh, top oh, Rick, Rick James. Rick James. So Rick James tells a story about how. Him and Steven Tyler are both in rehab to get clean off of uh, different, like, you know, drugs or whatever. I think he was in rehab to get clean off a of crack or uh, yeah. something like that. Something bad. Heroin, maybe. 
So Rick James definitely correct. Yeah, Rick James and Steven Steven Tyler are like, well, we won't do our drug of choice. We'll just sit in our little bungalow because they're right next to each other, and we'll do a whole bunch of weed together, and and that'll be okay, <laughs> and we'll get yeah, drunk. Yeah. And uh, God, that was pretty funny. I was like, like that's just their life, man. That's just like rock stars just lived it up like in so many different ways and we we don't hear about that now i mean you weren't really hearing about it then but i think we're just getting better about like they're they're getting better about covering it up and being oh. careful so because they know the paparazzi is always watching now I think oh yeah we're gonna get to a point and it's becoming more prevalent like we're gonna start using psilocybin to get people off of you know i think like when you go to therapy right when you go to a rehab right like, I think they're going to start implementing psilocybin at some point. I could see that, for sure. Like, if you would like it. Like, it's going to be an option. Like, would you like to try this? And see if that works. See if it moves you off. Because, But it's going to be microdosing. It's not like they're going to give you an eighth of mushrooms or anything to take. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> Which, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a much better rehab than what we got now. Well, like, with methadone. Like, it's just, most people trade meth for methadone. Like, it's nothing. You know, they go to rehab and they come right back out with a different addiction. You know, so heroin like, and then they go to methadone. And... Well, here's the thing with shrooms. Like, <laughs> so I've been told, um, it, once you do it, you, you kind of, you, you got to wait to do it again. For, like, no one does it back to back, back to back, back to back. Yeah, no. It's not a very addictive thing. It's more of, uh, quite, a, it's quite an experience that you don't want to do for quite some time. And, um, it can get it can definitely help with an addiction. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm going with that. Is is maybe, you know, in some of these more liberal, I guess, areas, they they would do that. For it does cause you to like it causes you to like reflect more. You know, it makes you more conscious of your consciousness. And I mean, also, it helps like that. Your consciousness. <laughs> Fucking. So I feel I like, like from what I from what, what I said, makes right you more oh. your true self. So there's actually a, it was on a, uh, what's his name? Hamilton's Pharma, Pharma, Copias or, yeah, the vice guy. Yeah. He did an episode where he went to Mexico and they worship mushrooms. I mean, they pray to him and they respect him. And they, they, it's a hike on the mountain and you go up there. That's part of the journey. So you get your blood going and you're on this walk and they take you up there. You're supposed to fast and they give you water and they give you mushrooms. They take you out to this area with this shaman who watches you. So it's safe. And they basically let you have your way with your trip and your experience and they help guide you through it. And then they give you some when you leave. And they just say that the only condition is, is that you don't sell these. This is a gift to you like it was a gift from God to us. That's basically what wow. they tell you. Wow. I know they were talking about like uh, down in Mexico, uh, they're using mushrooms for rehab clinics where like you do psych, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like therapy session, se- sessions that... I'll learn how to talk someday. Only took, what, 30, 34 podcasts? Yeah. I'm getting there. <clears throat> slowly, slowly. We're getting you back on track. 
Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they're using this for like therapy sessions because then you can like supposedly like dive deeper into your like why you're doing something that's destructive, like so, uh, to yourself, like alcoholism or, um, you know, like addicted to cigarettes or, you know, dope or heroin or whatever. So it's it almost like hypnosis, but like chemically induced. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounded like. I don't know if you understood, Mark, but when I said psilocybin, that's exactly what I was talking about was mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, I got so, that. What Jed was talking about, that it makes you more aware of your consciousness. What I feel that it is is that it blocks your conscious mind more and allows your subconscious to come to the the top. Okay, because. Mm-hmm. Your conscious mind is basically your ego, and your ego is intertwined with your conscious. And the reason why it does that is because your ego doesn't want to go away. So to really expose yourself to the world, and this is in Buddhist theory, this is in moral recognitive therapy, it is that you peel away the layers of your conscious mind to expose your true self. Because your consciousness is half part of what you're taught and what you've seen and how you perceive the world. You know, it's not what we're functioning as as a human being. So I guess back to our topic, right? When I was talking about sin in the beginning, this is part of our spirituality, right? And what the Messiah tried to teach us or any person like... um, in Buddhism, for instance, or any other culture in Hinduism, what they say their gods were trying to give us was give us back this self of our soul, right? This is reconnecting back with the universe, which I feel like is more your subconscious. Right. So why, and your spirituality. So, yeah, that makes sense. So like when you do uh, a small dosage or whatever, you kind of get like this, like, pull from an ego like that like we're straying away from your ego now you know but then when you do like a full-blown that's when you hear about people talking about being one with being a speck in the universe so you can go to the edge of madness (laughs) and literally you can it's like in the movie inception when you know him and his wife they kept doing that so much that they ended up on that beach, right? And they, they had to they find their know. way back. They didn't know which one but was reality. I feel, well, there's something to that, okay? If you understand what you're doing, I don't say that a person could just go out there and just take as much mushrooms as you want and lose your mind. But if you understand that you're going to be out of your mindset, you're not going to be able to think correctly, you're not going to be able to function correctly and you have to find your way back. That is how you truly understand your mind. Hmm. You know, it's because like, you're looking at yourself from another perspective, because mm-hmm. right now your perspective of yourself is the one already ingrained in here. You take that away and you have to relearn everything. Yeah. It's like you get, 
put into a different part of your mind and you have to find your way back to self, to center, you know, exactly. you have to forge a new path to like, you know, I don't know. I've had, I've had some really cool trips and I remember like, I just, I forget about who I am. Like, like I even forget like what I need, you know, and I'm just trying to be as, as less of a disturbance to the universe as possible, you know, trying to be as, as harmonious and like, again, as with the current as possible, you know, Oh, that's just me and my my adventures. So, so uh, if I might, okay, I used to take them a lot. I used to okay. eat a half ounce to an ounce a week. Ooh, that's a lot. Of and I do them every other day. And it was basically like doing what he did in Inception. And I would do it in a controlled way. It's not like I ever took them to get messed up and I always felt that if I didn't come back with knowledge then I wasted the trip okay real quick we talked about using uh, as a tool like using things as a tool I guess that's kind of how you're doing this we uh, last podcast we talked about that with uh, Greg or uh, yeah. Greg right Glenn bro Glenn yeah, Glenn. Glenn. yeah, yeah. that's what I yeah. said there's a something in the mic yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear you through the wall. You, I know what you said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. Just, I think that's where you're going. Like, you use it as a tool. You don't just use it to get... Exactly, yeah. So, it's been years since I've done it because they're hard to come by, you know? It's been at least three or four years. That was the topic. Uh, that was great. My, they're yeah. just hard to come by. It's not that I don't want to do it. do it all the time. Well, I mean, because what I'm saying is, I at least like to try to have that one time a year to release. First of all, I feel like it helps you release your negative energy. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it helps you find yourself. So under that, uh, there's this language I see. It's a living language in everything. It moves like worms. It's it's made of every civilization's hieroglyphics or their symbols. I've seen it before and I don't know how. And when I see it, it's like I know what it is, but I can't read it. And my friend used to think that what I was seeing was the magnetic lines, like what they talk about with feng shui or the aboriginal tribes that follow these magnetic lines, you know, every year as like their cultural belief that it's what their ancestors did, but they can feel the energies of the earth. And going back to what we were talking about with the Pythagorean theorem and the megalithic structures, but every living thing has it. And when I go out into nature, I feel more connected. And if I'm here in the city, it just feels like there's something it's like tearing up your spirituality. I don't know how to explain. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes you nervous, anxious. But the thing is, with living things, too, it's I can feel the connected energy between my fingertips. Like when I hold my hand to the ground, I could feel like the magnetic energies of the earth flowing to me. And this goes back to, like, grounding shoe technology. 
where they put the copper inside of it to ground us back to the earth. Because that's how you expunge all your negative energy. Grounding. Right? That's a thing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So when you wear it. rubber soles, you're blocking yourself. And what do you think you're doing? You're just retaining all this negative energy. That's right. Yeah, they've always I've always heard that like you you even like outside of like energy, which is like more of a mystical thing that we can't really track, like if you look look at the bottom of your like the inside of your shoe. After you've worn it for a while, it's going to be, like, black from, like, just the dirt and toxins that seep out of your body through your feet. And, like, it's just, like, a natural pathway for us to kind of release stuff that's not, you know, through, like, urine and, you know, muc- mucus yeah. and bowel movements. It's, like, another pathway for stuff to, you know, leave our body. So, yeah, it's detoxifying with your feet and all that black stuff comes out because it's your body detoxifying all the negative in your body. And it comes out, and the water's all black. Yeah, it's gross. But I mean, it's good. To, it's 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 one of those things. That's like, oh man, that was in me. But then you're like, oh, but now it's out. Mm, now it's out. Yep. I bet it's really good to like get in a sauna, and then as oh, soon as dude. you get out, go fucking roll around in the grass, go walk like a hippie. So I, I'm a minimalistic <laughs> person. That's why I got my Vibram five fingers on. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I had to show that because. Mike, yeah, dude, you had him. Got waterfalls. I do concrete. I do grass. Everything, you know. Is it? Uh, so you said copper. Do they? Do those have copper in them or no? They don't. But the ones with the copper are also made by Vibram. <laughs> so Vibram, they made the first work boot, and all military boots and most work boots. Including Keen's souls were developed by Vibram. What they're known for is developing the best souls. And ah, it was about ten years ago. Souls. They had <laughs> they had decided to uh, make the most minimalistic shoe because people were wanting to get back to walking barefoot. And it's not socially acceptable to walk into a store barefoot. So the model I have is three millimeters. Yeah. I've, I know, so, I've walked to the Casey's in Buda a couple of times barefoot. Nobody said anything. Like, <laughs> but that's really a town of 500 people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I've heard that there's a, there's a reason that they're they're both called the soul, you know, like the soul of your foot and the soul of your essence, you know. And I, I've always said that they are connected. And I, I heard a rumor from, from, a, from a very wise old woman that said, if you meet someone with really stinky feet, they're probably a really bad person. Because it's like, it's like a, it's like a transference of like you know, that's like their, the darkness of their soul being portrayed through the darkness of their soul. Yeah. You know, that's oh, just the thing. Smoke right said, and I was like, hmm, that's an interesting theory. I don't know about that, but uh, that's honestly funny that you say that because I might wash them once a month, and I don't wear socks in them. And they don't speak. Right. You know, my lady would tell you if your feet stunk. She would be brutal about it. That's not something you can have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, well, like, maybe, uh, you think, like, maybe there's, <clears throat> okay, so in the city, like, okay, so you talked about, like, your shroom experience and how in the city it was kind of terrible. Like, your soul was ripping. It was going here. It was going there. It was very negative right 
do you think that shoes in the city maybe help? And then when you get out in the nature, if you wear shoes, you're kind of weird. You should not wear shoes. Like, you know what I mean? Because right. Like, like wear the shoes well, in I the city like, to block it out. Right. Like, don't wear the shoes in the nature to let it, let your stuff out and let like, the good stuff in. Yeah. I can, I can yeah, see where so you, I can see that being a thing. What's really affecting you the most in the city is technology. Because that's energy interference on your energy. 5G, folks. You know? It's poison. <laughs> but the load but, speed's um, awesome. Hey, dude, I don't see any difference. I still haven't gotten talking. 5G on anything. I have a 5G phone and I can't, I can't, I've never used 5G. Whenever I was, uh, whenever I was in mainland Japan on vacation, they had 5G. It was pretty, uh, it was fast. I mean, it didn't seem anything different. They didn't seem. Well, I have 5G. Anybody. Unfortunately, it's not of my choosing. It's just a situation. I needed a phone, and I went to Verizon, and now I have 5G network. Yeah. And it tells me LTE when I'm on 5G. Otherwise, it says you know like uh, 4G, or it'll say another service if I'm in a small town that doesn't have Verizon. Yeah. You ever listen to David Icke? Yeah. And he talks about 5G and how we, <clears throat> our bodies are wavelengths, frequencies. Yeah. And what, so, what 5G does is it, it disrupts our DNA and it, it fucks it up because it transmits. What it I can think be 5G is, bodies. is kind of like Batman Begins. What Raza, that microwave. You know, oh, yeah. that's basically kind of a same theory. Not that it's going to burst water pipes that are going to make the drugs uh, airborne. Yeah. But, you know, there was these trees on fire in California. And this guy had filmed them. And, and the reason why he was filming them is because the trees were having fire from the inside out. They weren't on fire from the outside. The fire was in the core of the tree and coming out of the tree. So it's as if it was microwaved from the inside out. All the huh. moisture microwaved until it ignited. That's spooky. That's real spooky. And he was making a point that he thought it was because of 5G. How did he correlate the two? Just that it was the microwave coming out of the tree and first the inner tree? Or well, that when we were using the technology to test it in the beginning, because look, from what I understand about 5G is that you're only allowed so much voltage. Well, not 5G, let's just say uh, the uh, antennas that they use to triangulate cell phones and yeah. our service. You are only allowed a certain amount of voltage per those wires on that. 5G has, I don't know, it's like four times more the amount of voltage than you're really allowed. And imagine these are waves transmitted through the air. Right. And Fox News just came out with like tech, uh, so some, something along the lines of like our phones, it's like shit's coming out that our phones are deadly for us. Like if, you, if you're on it all the time, if it's next to you, it gives off radiation and shit. And, and, <laughs> They've been talking that's about what, the phone radiation. That's what big. Uh, I was like, I don't want you to believe. Data about it. 
If it's on the mainstream, like when it's put out there, it's kind of it kind of catches your attention. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, Delaney, right. uh, let's get back to that uh, the Crystal Skulls and the Chichen, and let's hear more about that. Okay, so uh, the movie Indiana Jones, it's not totally false in the idea of it. According so, to the mythology. There is, yeah, so there's 13 crystal skulls, according to the mythology. We found, I think it's seven of them. Four of them are pre-Columbian. The first one found in an Aztec, Aztec temple it is quartz cut against the grain. It has a removable jaw. And it is cut in a way that if you don't cut it perfectly, you'll shatter it. And we don't have the technology today to do this. So there's many other crystal skulls out there that are similar, but not as perfect as this one. But the theory is, is that each of these skulls came from one of the planets or the beings that came together to decide to create us because to make a decision to create another species as adding anything into any ecosystem it disrupts the nature of things so 12 beings worlds or their whatever beliefs came together and they decided to create humanity each one of these 12 skulls has information of their world, their technology, and their species. The 13th skull is everything about us and this planet and our creation. And rumor has it, if you bring all 13 of these together, it will unlock them. So that? Crystal holds more information than anything we know on this world. Yeah, it's kind of like an old school hologram. Exactly. There's data in every little crystalline structure, and there's millions of them. It's possibilities are endless. Okay, talk to like about like computer information, like RAM. What do you mean? About like, is that what we're comparing it to? Exactly. That's exactly what we're comparing it to. So think that we're We're thinking terabytes are great. But that's nothing in comparison to what a crystal could give you. Yeah, like a one infinite knowledge. Yeah, like a one square inch hologram can have like thirty gigabytes of data or something. It's like thirty trillobytes of data or something like that. And that's nothing compared to the intricacies of crystalline structures because they're so small. But if you can if you can find a way to read them, essentially it's infinite amount of data storage is what they is what they what they think. But that's what I'm saying. It's the information of everything. Okay, okay. So, I mean, with that, again, like I was saying at the beginning, I don't believe in aliens in the sense that they're from other planets. Okay, if you were to say that aliens were the angels or messengers or demons or interdimensional beings, I could believe in those theories. Okay. I think that's what all of this is. You know, that every cultures talk about creationism, right? We're, in my faith, and to believe in my faith fully, I don't embrace the idea of evolution. 
you know, there's a guy out there named Kent Hobbin. He has a podcast, and he goes around, and he debunks evolution to many different scientists at panels, and they can't even argue with him. He was a high school teacher who didn't teach evolution. He taught creationism. They didn't like him doing that in the community, so they found a way to imprison him by supreming. And what supreming is, is when you take all your money out of your bank account all at once. And they can actually throw you in prison for that. Wow. And when he was in there... So if I took all my money out right now, is that a prison? If you have a large amount in savings. Because remember, what banks do is they take out your money... And they give it out yeah. for loans. Right. And then they make money off your money. Yeah. It's not if you take all your money out of your checking account. It's all of your savings account. Especially if that bank depends on your financial stability. So yeah. they got him for that. Put him in prison for eight years. And what they did to him is they moved him from cell to cell and from prison to prison every six months. And you do this with criminals that you want them to die or be seriously injured. Because the potential of being with a more dangerous criminal is higher when you're moved around like that. Right. His wife... Because that would be the open cell. Exactly. Well, if it doesn't do it in this prison... Then we just move to the next one. Doesn't do it in this prison? Okay, move to the next one. Doesn't happen in this yeah. prison? Go to the next one. It's just a simple yeah. statistical equation. Right? I have to refresh where I was talking about uh, other than the crystal skulls. Um, I think we're talking about like how we would unlock the data stored within we're bringing okay, them all so together. We put them all together and they're supposed to activate them. And then it's going to give us the knowledge of all of those other worlds. And so, our own. Exactly. So the 13th skull is the one that's the key. Because that's the one about us. It's about why they came together and why they created us. Oh, but what we were talking about before that was uh, Ken Hovind. And so after the whole supreming thing and after he got out of prison, he still to this day, he goes around and he preaches creationism. And he talks about how in creationism, do you know, in schools that it's actually laws that forbid you from teaching that in schools. But evolution is a theory just as much as creationism is. OK, that's why it's called the theory of evolution. And that's his biggest point, too. So why is it OK to teach one theory and not another? Right. And then, like the students should have a choice. Exactly. And even with there being significant evidence that, like in the 1900s, there, I think she was with Brown University, there was a professor who used dog embryos and put them over human embryos and basically tried to make it appear as if that was the evolution and make it look like their embryos look like ours. And even though she was found a fraud and fired for it and sued for it by the, the college she worked for, they still continue to teach that in textbooks today. And you will still find those same pictures that she forged in textbooks to this day. Strange. 
kind of going think, back to the berry and the crazy. truth we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. That's I think um, sure. I think the reason a lot of schools uh, make it so that you can only teach evolutionism or the theory of evolution is that it's supposed to be like a separation of church and state and creationism is more associated with the church. So I think their thought process is that like if we don't teach evolution in the school, where they're going to learn that theory just to have more breadth of, of, you know, different theories. And then you can kind of work it out yourself. Whereas the church will teach them creationism outside of the school. So I think maybe there's like a, a divvying up of that, but I do agree that there should be some kind of choice involved even more so than just like creationism versus evolution. There's a huge problem in our school system now where we're teaching everybody the same boring, stupid shit that doesn't help them in life. You know, we're not teaching them trades. We're not teaching them taxes. We're not teaching them, you know, basic financing. We're not teaching them anything that they actually need to know to survive in our world. Just a bunch of, you know, pointless, you know, stuff that we don't need to know half the time. Well, to be honest, mm -hmm. if you want to open up society, you should train everybody in all paths and let them make their decision. You shouldn't force it on them. Okay, so because technically look at it this way. You'll teach evolution in schools. You'll turn around and teach about other cultures and how their beliefs were that their gods created them. Mm-hmm. But you can't talk about creationism. Yeah. As it is weird. And like I had religion classes belief. in college where we talked about like the Sumerians and, you know, the old Silk Road and, you know, Judaism and Islam. But like we didn't really talk about Christianity all that much. Yep. I mean, we did. There was. So I did take an interesting class. It was like uh, Christianism and Nazism or something like that. It was about like how like the Nazis viewed Christianity. It was a really interesting class. I learned a lot of interesting little things that I can't really remember right now. But it was it was interesting to see like a different perspective of Christianity. So, I mean, that goes back to that point about the Book of Eli as well, is that how people misuse the text and they can control other people, even the Aryan race, you know, the Aryan Brotherhood and white supremacists. Mm -hmm. And the KKK, they've all used that book to promote something worse, okay? Now, this is what I'm talking about also with the true Yaudiath people, right? And the punishments evolve that were talked about throughout the scriptures, right? That make you the true Hebrew people. The people who suffered those transgressions, right? Because according to the scripture, the Father told the people... After they had exited the desert, after they had built the assemblies, and after they started a civilization, right? He told them, when you lose this path, when you start to walk away from my word, and you start to walk away from these laws and commandments that made you set apart, you will undergo these punishments. You will be taken away from your land. You will have all of these things happen to you, but mind you, in the end, there will be a second greater exodus. And the exodus took 40 years that they were lost in the desert when Musha, Moses, was leading the people out of the desert. They were lost for 40 years. And the second exodus is supposed to be even greater when the Yaudiath people are supposed to make their way back to the homeland and have restored memories of who they are. Now, there is what you, most people know as Jacob or his Hebrew name is Ayakob, okay? He is the story of clutching the heel of his brother. So 
Iacob means liar and deceiver. That's what they call him because when he was came out of the womb, he was clutching his brother's heel. So as an old wives' tale, they thought he's a liar and a deceiver. So they called him by the name Iacob, Jacob. And his whole life he was told, you're a liar and a deceiver, so that's what he became. This guy then went on to learn about the faith. And he started wanting to do more. But all he ever wanted was to be blessed by a father. But because he was the son that is a liar and deceiver, his older brother was given the birthright from the father. But see, on the father's deathbed, Iacob deceived him. He went in there because he knew his father was blind and he knew his father was dying. And he went in there and posed as his brother. And his father bestowed upon him all of his all of his life's uh, work, all of his land, all of his riches. And that was supposed to be to his brother. When his brother got word of that, his brother wanted to kill him. And Iacob went and he prayed to the father. And he says, you know, I'm going to have to fight my brother tomorrow and he's going to kill me. And I need help. And all I ever wanted was just a blessing. And so some being comes down and he wrestles with him. And he thinks this being is an angel. And what it turns out is this uh, this, uh, being is actually the father. It is the Elohim. It is Yahuwah. And this being tells him to stop wrestling with me. And he says, no, I won't let go until I have a blessing. And so he touches his hip. The being touches Iacob's hip. And it dislocates his hip, and he screams in pain and falls to his knees, clutching onto the cloak of this being. And he says, all I ever wanted was to be blessed by a father. And he puts his hand on his head, and he says that you were known as Iacob, the liar and the deceiver. And from you have overcome the world of man and God. So from this moment forward, your name will be Yashral, which is Israel, which was the first time it was ever mentioned in Scripture. This is the man who walks with the cane the rest of his life and gave birth to 12 sons. Each of these sons gave birth to children, and these 12 sons represent the 12 tribes of Yahushalayim, or Yashral, Israel. So Israel, in this instance, is not a place. It's a person who gave birth to the nation of people. And if you go to Revelations is it chapter 12 or chapter 7? Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but the entire chapter is about the 144,000. The 144,000 are 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Yashra, which are the descendants of the 12 sons of Ayako, making the 144,000. Okay. Okay. I see. And again, like I said, what's important about the scripture, if you if you don't understand it 100%, the most important thing about it is that the reason why they tell you all these names, they are important for a reason. When it goes down the bloodlines, it's tracing the bloodlines to the purest bloodline. You know, because in the book of Enoch, when the messengers decided they wanted to mate with mortal women, and Shamyatya is their master, okay, because there was 13 wardens but 200 messengers. Shamyatya said that if we do this, that you guys are not 
gonna go with me unless we make these curses upon the earth that bind us in blood, which they did. So now, that's why the Nephilim exist on this plane and they're here, because they were the creations of the fallen ones and the creation of man. When we die, we get to go back to the Shamayun, because that's where we were created. But the Nephilim live and exist here and as it states they are in slumber and the day will come when they come back like in the days of noah they've never left they're just in hiding you know and again back into this whole theory of otherworldly beings you know who's to say they're not here and the nephilim aren't just giants they created monsters they mix their blood with every living thing on this planet which is why I think a lot of mythology has some truth to it. You know, when people talk about cyclopses or werewolves and stuff like that, of that nature, I believe yeah. that even dinosaurs, you know, those are beings of the Nephilim. You know, because dinosaurs aren't as ancient as we think they are. You know, carbon dating is not perfection either. You go to Egypt and you'll find damn, hieroglyphics of the Brachiosaurus, of a Stegosaurus. But even in Mayan temples, they have sculptures, they have hieroglyphics of people riding dinosaurs. And there's a footprint, a human footprint and a dinosaur footprint. And when they carbon dated them, they're from the same time period, which means that these two footprints happen at the same time. And again, I said carbon dating is not accurate. But what I believe is that through the cover-ups, civilization is not as old as they're trying to tell us and what they're telling us that these older civilizations are is because you have to understand before humans even came to this plane the messengers were cast out when there was that fight in the shamayun and mikyal cast out shaitan down here to earth realm and cast him down so hard that he went into sheol he left with a third of the messengers it does not give an exact number. It tells you he took a third of them with him. That means they were here before we ever came here. So a lot of these things that exist here, these megalithic structures that are older than what we say man is, I believe these beings created those things. That's really interesting. I had a thought that I wanted to expand on, and I, I've... <clears throat> kind of lost it. <laughs> well, what I can say is, um, I I don't know, but I I have some stuff I'm gonna be googling later. Try to figure out. Uh, you're talking about people and dinosaurs existing at the same time, so I am going to be googling the shit out of that. And to be honest. <laughs> Lane, you should actually take Jed, if you can, the art museum, Denver Art Museum. Man, they got some Mayan sculptures in their Aztec, and they got Japanese samurai armor. They even have uh, Korean paintings of tigers in there, and many ancient cultures. They have stuff from the Native Americans, but they have some of the sculptures of the people on the dinosaurs in there. Sorry, right, I'm looking that up right away. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say. So you were saying how the, the Nephilim bred with, like, every animal on the planet, and that could explain, you know, the cyclopses and, and the monsters that we hear about in mythology. Could it also be that as they bred with 
with humans to create the the heroes, the the demigods that we hear about in mythology that came to to slay these beasts to kind of I don't know right the the wrongdoings that the Nephilim did when they created these monsters. Could that be I don't know along the same track? Well, to an extent, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, a lot of these things are similar to the father or anything. Any culture's beliefs are all similar. You know, that's why Danikin, Eric von Danikin, was trying to prove that, you know, you have Zeus with his lightning bolt and Thor with the hammer, and he produces lightning. Okay, but the part about Thor that they always leave out, he's not just the god of thunder and lightning, he's also the god of agriculture. Um, you have Poseidon with his trident, and you have, uh, uh, what am I trying to think? Uh, but either way, every culture has these gods that mimic each other in some way, shape, or form, right? And in a lot of ways, I believe some of those gods are the fallen ones, okay, that had come here to disrupt and teach us things because it says that they gave us armor, they taught us how to fight, they taught us magics that corrupted the energies of the earth. Now, I believe the Father put people out there to help us. Now, the demigods, I don't know if they're necessarily out there to help us unless they are people who have unlocked their true ability. So, I mean, kind of touching on the, the mushroom subject again, okay? There's the energy that I was talking about that I can feel. What I believe with that, you know, there was monks that at one time, they could use their life force and their energy, and they could literally use their energy to either put out flames. There's a guy who claims that he could shock you in any part of his body by manipulating his energy, and he was actually I've on Ripley's Believe It or Not, and he can generate enough energy out of his palm to start a piece of paper on fire. And I believe this is lost knowledge. I believe the ancient people had this stuff. So, you know, in Street Fighter, there's this whole deep storyline about the Dark Hado. Okay, and about these people who only wanted this power source. And the power source could be used for good. But when you only quest for this power source and it absorbs you, because once you gain power, the thing about it is you can never stop. Most people get corrupted by it and they want more power. The power that you gain is never enough. You end up wanting more and more and more. And these people who were corrupted by this power, they ended up killing even their loved ones. And the people in their villages, because they were so corrupted by the power, they didn't care about loving anymore. They only cared about achieving this ultimate power. It's like Star Wars, right? But I feel like that knowledge was removed from us. You know, if you ever seen that show Fringe, there's a lot to the science and, and how faith or even other cultures' beliefs, they can all intertwine. There is a path. There's a connection, you know? Look at the Fibonacci sequence. This is the golden spiral, the golden rectangle. All artists in the Renaissance used this to paint their paintings and paint portraits. And, right. you know, I did this in art school. I did the Che Guevara picture, and I used the golden rectangle theory, the whole Fibonacci sequence, and mapped it out at a cut paper. And I used four different pieces of construction paper and still made that same image using that because spiral energy. 
you know, I talked about it in the last one with our toroidal field and how it's spiral, you know, there's the whole idea of our universe, right, that came out that if the sun was like a comet pushing us through this, creating the universe, you know, because the universe, according to their theories, is ever expanding, right? There was that theory of the sun going like this and the planets moving behind it like this on the tail as spiral energy, right? Yeah. Well, either way, whether you believe in space or not, like myself, okay, it, even the rotations, every, the sun, the moon, everything is in a spiral energy. Yeah, that's fucking wild. If you look at a tree, if you rip the bark off, and I know this from having done landscaping and, and tree removals, well, if, about this. from the roots up, if you look at the trunk of the tree, you'll see that it started growing like this towards the sky. Yeah, that's really and a lot of plants. It, a lot of plants I've seen have done that. Like like roses have a, a spherical like petal formation, and like corn has a spherical like um, ear formation, and like a lot of plants have a spheric like not not spherical, spherical like spiral spiral um like outlay of like how they how they grow and it's just it's really interesting to see that pattern like constantly come out throughout nature even embryos mm -hmm. and even uh uh the genesis pattern like we talked about last time with the cells how they form it has all spiral energy one definitive thing whether you agree with beliefs that i have or not is energy that's what i've come to find is energy is the only definitive thing in this universe that no one can deny okay you're made of energy this phone the computers everything we're using that's energy how the sound is traveling that's energy our souls our energy the earth we walk on is energy you know and movement is energy those are definitive things and energy does not dissipate it has to just burn out Okay, and the energy that powers our bodies, it doesn't just die out when you die. This physical being does not have the longevity that we do. You know, uh, I know it's going a little off topic, but KRS-One once talked about it, trying to explain dimensions, okay? Because in this theory, if you believe in it, that dimensions, we're in the third dimension because we exist in the physical plane, right? And lower dimensional beings and lower level spirits are in the first dimension and second dimension is basically like thought and consciousness where the third dimension is it existing in physicality. Fourth dimension being your dream state and the fifth dimension being where your soul exists and the 10th dimension being the Shamayum or heaven, okay? where our father lives so your soul basically exists in the fifth dimension okay krs one gave this seminar trying to explain the idea of how you can exist in multiple dimensions simultaneously right so like i said if your soul exists in the fifth dimensional plane it's manipulating this puppet here in the third dimension and when we dream we're in the middle of that gap and that's where the connection between our soul and our body happens in our dream state. Now, when Lane, he says, Delane, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to stop you, man, because I'm already getting freaked out about how deep we can go in on this. And <laughs> I think we need to definitively say 
episode three is gonna have to come out. We're gonna have to have an episode three. You have too much knowledge. It's incredible. Like you're well of knowledge on so many subjects, and and the interplay between them. That's the that's what really gets me is the interplay between all your collected knowledge. It's just phenomenal. And we need an episode three to delve even farther into how much research and, and like knowledge you've amassed and it's just oh. it's wonderful and i'm glad you can share that with us and with the larger community on youtube it's just oh it's wonderful we need more of it it's just you know i i can't shut off my mind you know it, it just never stops running so the only way i learned how to kind of silence that or give myself some kind of peace you know i tried meditation i this is why i know a lot of stuff i branched out in many different cultures and and religions and i tried to find my way i was trying to find a path to help me out be a better person help me silence my mind but by studying it gave me this sense of peace so that's why i have this knowledge it's just and i have the ability to retain it i don't know why and you know my wife tells me that that's what you have that most people don't you can just retain information and right it's almost like it's like a path that you were supposed to follow and because you're following it it comes easier to you or something like that you know yeah so like i mean i guess DNA. that's <laughs> why i have so much knowledge it, it was something that i used to help calm myself i have to really study i have to learn or i go crazy i see well, I'm glad you're still here and you're still saying and you're still learning. And I'm sure by the time we have episode three, you're going to know even more, which is fantastic. And I love that. We're probably going to end up with episode four. Probably have a whole playlist dedicated to you at some point further down the line. <laughs> and I'm so excited for that. But as for now, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I'm super excited because I'm barricaded in a room right now because we're all, all three of us are in Denver except Mark. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to hang out and have our own little, you know, talks and, and conversations about stuff in, in just a few minutes here and i'm just super excited for that but uh we'll have you on again in the future and uh any last words guys uh i know i know <laughs> i need i i, I you know Delaney it's so hard to come back i was really fucking listening oh. and then all of a sudden jet talked and now he stopped and i feel like the podcast is ending i don't know <laughs> i i'm curious as to what he was going on I'm kind of pissed. Not gonna lie. I'm. We gotta stay tuned. It's a cliffhanger, Lane. Yeah. Well, he's gonna finish this with me after the. Yeah. It's cool. I get the exclusive for episode. Exclusive. The viewers have to wait. I see. Well, um, definitely. Every time Delane is on, uh, or just talking to him in general, it's like I don't want to interrupt him ever. Like. I just really like to hear what he has to say for anything. He just has the way he speaks and the way he, you know, shows his knowledge is amazing. So we thank you so much, Delane, for coming on. I just want to say that again. Oh, and I appreciate you guys time. for having me. I really do. I really appreciate you guys for giving me the opportunity to have this voice. And I really struggled with this because I was afraid. You know, I talked to people that I know about this stuff, but I didn't know putting it out there on this sort of a public level, you know, putting your beliefs out there. It definitely puts you out there for a lot of criticism. And, you know, not that I mind the criticism. It's just that I don't want to bring that to the people that I know as well. Right. You know? Right. Well, like that's negativity. Uh, and one thing is for certain, like, <clears throat> the amount of knowledge that you know 
for anyone to criticize you based on your beliefs, it's total bullshit because what the fuck do they know? Okay, like the shit that you can retain, the information you know, it blows my fucking brain, dude. It honestly does. Like, I wish I had the talent to retain half the shit and connect it, right? Because my brain kind of goes here, it goes there, it goes over here. Like, it's kind of everywhere, but like, I think that's why we get along. Is you kind of channel it better than I could. I don't know why, but like, good on you, dude. And there's you're fucking intelligent, dude. Like, no one can take that away from you. Like oh. the shit, even even if you come up with some wild shit, dude, it makes it, it does it not fucking make sense. Like, it, who who else is thinking about this shit? You know what I mean? Right. Like, so for for us to have you on here, it's it's awesome. Yeah, oh, and I've is. I've told Lane before that honestly, like personally, like I disagree with some of your beliefs. I I wholly believe in space, but I also totally respect your difference of a belief and that I'm you're entitled to that as a different person than me and I love that because it it invokes these kind of conversations where we can hear different beliefs hear hear different perspectives and and views on things and it helps us grow as a people and I think one person that thinks out of the box like you and and dares to go against mainstream grain helps us so much more than 30 more people that just accept what they're told and go with the flow because we need that that irritation to make us grow and get better and and so much it's, i just love this i love what we're doing here no and i feel <laughs> privileged that you guys let me have a voice here you know like i said i've always wanted to kind of put these ideas out there but it's trying to find the way has definitely been I don't know if it's a challenge but more or less that I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it had I not been talking to Lane prior I see yeah I was almost like a gateway into gateway drug crazy because we just started this thing eight months ago right yeah we're we're like three and, three and a half months out from a year yeah like I I don't even know our first real conversation when we met, but I knew like, I think, I think you came up to the line, you were talking about some crazy shit. I had mentioned something and you're like, Oh, you know that? And I was like, yeah, I know a little bit. And then you, you fed me more information and you went even deeper with it. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Oh, I didn't know that, you know? And, and that's how it kind of bloomed to what it, what it is. So, but yeah. Awesome. Well, we got more coming. Stay tuned. Delane will be on for episode three and probably more after that. But as for this video, we're going to have to call it quits. We're going to get to our own little part private soiree without you guys. Sorry, Mark, <laughs> you can't join us, but you got the island weather to keep you company. Go work on your yeah. garden. I know you I know you need to work on your garden. And it's Sunday. I do. Work in your garden. I'm do I want to see some peppers. <laughs> I want to see some chilies. I want to see some corn. I want to see some a lot of potatoes. That's all you need is potatoes. Potatoes and meat, it's all you need. Anyway, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe down below. Remember, these are one person's beliefs. If you want to believe them, awesome. Embrace them. Explore them. Quest for your own knowledge. Be that person. Don't spread negativity in our comments. We don't need that here. But, yeah, open discussion. Whatever you want to talk about outside of negativity, fair game. Subscribe because it really helps us out. Like, that's like the biggest thing you can do for us right now is subscribe. Liking our videos helps more people see it. But, I mean, that'll come with time. People will see how great we are. Right? You get so carried away with this shit. <laughs> always. Always. <laughs> always. All right. Bye, everybody. Like, comment, Bye. subscribe. I'm safe. All right. Stay blessed. <laughs>